Ari Cooper, holistic therapist. So what inspired you to become a therapist? I think it was really back in high school when I saw so many other kids struggling and it felt like they had no one to talk to without being judged. And, you know, teenage years are hard. So I wanted to be that person to be a source of support and somebody that they could turn to without judgment. And that's what really drove me to become a therapist. What is it like helping uh, teenagers? It is so rewarding um, and also a little bit nerve wracking at times. Um, You know, teens are unpredictable um, and they're going through a lot, especially now. It's at an all time high, their mental health crisis in teens, um, especially after COVID. Um, So it's, it's nerve wracking that you're really dealing with people's lives and you need to make sure that you are present and locked in and being able to give them um, the best available tools to process their life and to deal with it. Um, But then, you know, you see the flip side of it and you get the kids who come into your office and say, I did something that normally I wouldn't have because of anxiety and I did it anyway. And I was so proud of myself. And you see those success stories and, you know, that's the best that you could ask for. And you just touched on it, but it made me think my uh, eight-year-old, always says the worst time of her life was during COVID because she missed half a preschool and kindergarten with people. What is that like for teenagers to miss, you know, talking to people? Yeah. I mean, the entire purpose of your teenage life is to move from the family unit into like your own life and friends um, and independence. And here we are not being able to leave the house, not being able to talk to friends, not having sports, proms, musical theater, anything. And I think what people forgot to have a conversation about was that all of these kids, whether teenagers or younger, were all grieving. They're all grieving the loss of their normal life. They're grieving friends, they're grieving, you know, sports, they're grieving what they would normally do. And they're still grieving. This does not just go away because now everything is open. They have still lost. They still felt completely trapped. They still felt like they were not in control. And that is scary. And we're seeing it actually with the really young ones. Like you were mentioning your daughter's eight. My youngest daughter's nine. So she was in kindergarten when they shut down. And what we're really seeing is that, um, you know, the moment something goes wrong, these kids are having a very big issue dealing with it. Like they can't deal with another thing going wrong. Um, so we're seeing a lot of issues across the board. And you talk a lot about mental health, but, uh, when I was researching you, you talk also a lot how it, the mix with mental health and physical health is so important. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I actually wrote an entire book on it, mental health uncensored 10 foundations, every parent needs to know. And I just um, launched the workbook, which is for teens And I think that what people are forgetting when it comes to mental health is that we need to go back to the foundations. If we are not eating well, if we are not sleeping, if we're not hydrated, we're not going to feel well. There's no way it's going to happen. So we need to really bring ourselves back and look at our day-to-day activities and lifestyles and make better choices and really be able to build ourselves up to tolerate and handle stress better. If you're on a lack of sleep, if you have no nutrients in your body, you are not going to be able to handle you know, any stress that comes at you as well as you would be if you were in a better you know, space physically. 
So that's, you know, half of my book is about the physical foundations that we need to incorporate into our lives. And the other part is the mental foundation, setting up good boundaries, being able to say no, um, dealing with disappointment. Like these are things that we need for life. I know when I talk to uh, young people, uh, they are very open and they're okay to be more vulnerable. Do you see that more so now than when you first started? Absolutely. In the last, I've been a therapist for 20 years. And in those 20 years, a lot has changed. Um, And one of the things that's changed is that 20 years ago, if you went to therapy, you kind of kept it a secret. You didn't really tell everybody. Now, everybody is saying, oh, I can't hang out. I have to go to therapy. I have my therapist today after school. It's like almost trendy at this point. Um, And it's amazing how many referrals I get because the kids I work with are telling their friends about me. Um, So that's been a huge positive in the last 20 years is that the stigma, although not completely erased, has drastically been reduced around mental health. And kids are talking about going to therapy and getting those tools and the struggles that they're dealing with. I know for me in the mid nineties, my parents wanted me to go to therapy because they divorced when I was eight, but it was to that point of like, I don't want anyone to know. So you go for three lessons or three sessions and then it's it, but it's good that it is opening up the conversation and I'm more open now as well. Yes. And I think, you know, luckily the schools have had a a pretty big role in that as well. They have been talking about mental health constantly these last few years. They have been bringing in programs, bringing in more resources. So the kids are hearing about it and seeing it, you know, on a daily basis at this point. So as you talk to uh, teens, what can the parents do to help their mental health? So the parents really also need to be very aware of the daily habits that their kids are engaging in. And, you know, that's why I wrote the book because parents can do something. Um, You know, it's not the kids who are going grocery shopping, it's the parents. So at home, you need to make sure that you're providing nutritious food for these kids, that, you know, people are drinking water, that you're promoting um, good sleep habits, that you yourself are modeling not being on social media too much, getting out and taking a walk. Parents um, forget that it's not just about what you say to these kids, it's about what you're doing. The kids are always watching. So if they see you reading a book instead of scrolling through Facebook, if they see you taking a walk, um, if they see that you are setting up good sleep habits for yourself, they internalize us. It's important. I know you probably hear some heavier things when talking to these teens, but what do you do for yourself and your own mental health? I definitely, um, I walk the walk. I, I make sure that I'm in very good routines because you're right. You know, I'm in the office for hours upon hours listening to a lot of very heavy mental health issues. Um, and I have my own routines, you know, when I get in my car at night, like I have my music that I play to decompress before I get home. And every morning when I wake up, I do work out because that's what kind of grounds me and sets me up for the day. And I am drinking, you know, a huge thing of lemon water every morning to be hydrated and making sure that I'm taking care of my body throughout the day with nutritious meals. 
And I think one of the most important things that I've learned, and I talk a lot about it in my books is I set boundaries. You know, I have four children um, and I'm always being asked to help out in one way or the next for their schools. And at one time in my life, I said yes to everything. And then I had no time left for myself and then was obviously frustrated and low patience. And now I really pick and choose. What do I want to do? Where do I want to be? Where do I want to spend my time? And I will say no to everything else and will not feel bad about it because I know how important it is that we need to be able to put our own self first. It's like the oxygen mask that falls from the plane. You have to put it on yourself before you put it on somebody else. How important for these teens and tweens to have not only their family, but another form of support. Yes. You know, I was just talking about this recently with somebody where I was telling them that so often, even if a child has a great relationship with their parent, they don't always want to tell them everything that's bothering them because they're either afraid of putting that stress on their parents or afraid of um, making the parent worry. So even if they have a great relationship, many times they're not sharing everything. And that's when it's important to have this neutral party, such as myself, to come in and be able to work through those things. And, you know, it's because they just, they love their parents. They care about their parents. They don't always want to stress them out. And they do feel like sometimes their issues become their parents' issues and they don't want to do that. Do you think going to therapy as a tween and teen helps people's young adulthood? Absolutely. I make a joke in my office and I say, you're either going to come now or later. Like you, (laughs) (laughs) at some point we have to address everything. Um, And I do see the kids who come into my office, um, middle school or high schoolers, you know, some of them will email me, oh, I got into this college. And then they'll tell me, you know, years later how their college experience went and they really do so much better. Um, I work with a lot of college kids who, if they got these skills earlier, would be in a much better place. I say it's always better to practice out these skills when you're in the safety of your own home, you know, um, rather than going to school and having everything be new and then try to practice these skills. Can you tell me a little bit about your book? Sure. So it was actually during COVID that I wrote it. Um, During COVID, I was so busy with clients. um, I could not take on any more. I had huge wait lists. Every other therapist was slammed. And parents were just, you know, crying on my voicemail. Please take my child. You know, they need help. And I couldn't do, I couldn't, I could not possibly take on any more kids. So I realized that I'm saying a lot of the same things in every session about making sure they're sleeping, eating, boundary setting. I said, I just need to write it all down and give parents a resource that if they start using it, they'll help their child in the meantime, before that child's able to get help. So I wrote um, the book, Mental Health Uncensored, 10 Foundations Every Parent Needs to Know. It's on Amazon. And it really gives parents tools to help their children, no matter the age. And, you know, the parents who read this book earlier on in the kids' lives, it even better. Uh, it's never too young to set up these healthy habits. And then I came out with a workbook for the teens um, around a month ago that the teens can go through based on those principles and really make sure that 
they are building up their foundations for a successful life. What are some of the things you've learned from these teens? I learn so much from these teens. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, I've learned um, really the importance of understanding that when somebody is struggling, to give them a little bit of space and to not take it personal. Because, you know, I'm a mom as well. And when, you know, kids are upset and, you know, yelling and having a bad day, it's easy to take it personal. Yeah. And it's so important to remember it's not about us. They're struggling and oftentimes they lash out so much to the people that they know will be there no matter what, the people who they know will love them no matter what. So it's something I've learned as a mom and something that I always talk to the parents in my workspace about. If they're lashing out, understand they're going through something. Don't take it personal and get upset. As a parent, it's so important to be able to emotionally regulate yourself because there's nothing worse than having a child be dysregulated and then a parent get upset and start exploding because then everything's just gonna go bad. So for that parent to be able to remain calm and not take it personal and kind of just provide a safe space for that child to process what they're dealing with, um, I think is really one of the most important things I've learned because the kids talk to me about that and say like, I just need space. Yeah. I didn't mean to snap. But then I snapped and then they made a big deal about it. And then we got into a huge fight. So you start seeing it from their perspective. They're way more stressed out than they should be, these kids of ours. And unfortunately, that's a, a problem we've put on them as our society has continued to put pressure on them. Right. And they should just be teens and enjoy their, I know for me or anyone that is the most stressful time, but it. It could be also an enjoyable time, I I feel. Right. And I do feel like, you know, during teens years, there's always a lot of stress involved because they're figuring out who they are and independence and all that good stuff. Um, and that's okay. But it needs to be paired with them having some enjoyment of life too. And when they feel like their entire world is massive amounts of homework, school, competitive sports to a very high level, yeah. um, you know, volunteering, not because they want to, but because they're trying to build a college resume and they feel like they have no time to just be and to enjoy. That's when we run into some problems. What are some of the things that motivate you? What motivates me? I, every day think about like, okay, what do I get to do today? I get to be with my kids today. I get to work out. I get to go to work. I leave work and I love what I do. So that's really special for me to have. But I think that, you know, when you talk about motivation and joy and all that good stuff, it's how we look at everything. And it's, you know, do I look at, oh, I have to go to work today or I'm so thankful that I get to go to work today and have this experience. So it's really about finding the positives in life. And, you know, I have my things that I love. I love coming home and before bed, reading a good book. And those are the good things. Where do you want to see your mission in the next three to five years? That's a great question. I really would love to see in the next few years, a shift in everyone's thinking. Um, and I want them to believe that they can and have the ability and the power to make themselves feel better 
because right now I feel like people kind of feel like they're just a victim. Well, I just have anxiety. Well, I'm just stressed. You got to bring it back to your basics. You have to be able to say, you know what? I can feel better. I'm going to treat my body better. I'm going to work out. I'm going to make sure I'm eating healthy food. I'm going to make sure I'm setting up good boundaries. I'm going to find something that brings me joy and carve out time to do it because that's important. Because if we do all of these things, we're going to feel better. 